All right, hello, sports fans. Welcome to the Electron Injection Podcast. I'm <clears throat> dragging ass a little bit. We're going to fight through this one. It is one degree outside Fahrenheit. And Missouri, we don't usually get that cold. And um, we're expected to like a foot or something of snow. So um, adventure time. I'm uh, excited, uh, sort of. But when you go outside when it's this damn cold, you go, oh, my God, you just go back in. <laughs> so we're, it's a good time to do electronics. So what's been in the news? Uh, Macrofab had a really cool newsletter, and I've tried to find a link to the newsletter on their site, and I haven't found it. And what it basically said was, if you have a part manuf- or a, a PCB manufactured in China, under Chinese law, they're allowed to take your design, your files, and go ahead and print it for their own use, or manufacture it for their own use. And I went, what? <laughs> you can, and that their own use could mean. Um, manufacturing that thing and selling it in America and Europe and whatnot. And so that was pretty interesting and pretty scary. So if in the event that I somehow stumble on a unique design, which is, you know, low probability at this point, <laughs> hasn't happened yet. If I happen to stumble on a, on a unique design, I mean, I make, I make one, then uh, that can belong to China. If I just use, apparently even JLC PCB, that's the vibe I got. I don't know if that's totally true, but... Um, and it was even more interesting is the only way to fight this is with, like, to lawyer up in China. So pretty scary stuff. Basically, you have to have a big contract going into these things uh, that says that they do not have the right to use your design. I was like, whoa, that's some scary stuff. And um, I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what I think about it. But I don't like the idea of just handing my design over right away. It essentially makes your anything you make in China open source, more or less, at least to them. So um, that's definitely a difference in culture that uh, I didn't, uh, I have trouble relating to. So that was kind of scary. So what else we got going on here? I made an extra video last week on the YouTube channel, Electron Injection YouTube channel, where um, I was really interested in, in how fast I could switch a, a STM32 blue pill and um, uh, in the Arduino IDE. Yeah, because uh, my, I, I'm doing a MIDI synthesizer. I'm doing my Reagan's Revenge 80 synthesizer um, based off the Sound Blaster chip, the YM3812. And um, I had some issues, and I wasn't sure if they were timing-related. Uh, essentially, I'm sending eight MIDI notes at once. Now, MIDI is, is simple, you know, 31,000 baud rate, slow serial stuff, basically. But I wasn't sure when I send eight at once how if that was causing the problem or not of overload. I didn't know the size of my buffers, and there's a lot I don't know. And I was like, you know what, let's just go ahead and just figure out how fast we can switch this damn thing. Well, when I first started switching, meaning just, just toggle pin on, pin off, pin on, pin off. That's all that's going on in the loop. And so let's just go full blast and see what it could do. And of course, with the Arduino uh, framework within Platform IO, it was only like 400 uh, kilohertz which is basically two or three times faster than an Arduino, which is very slow. Uh, we should be in the megahertz re- region with a 72 megahertz uh, processor. So uh, I dug in, I dug in, I dug in, and we ended up getting that thing up to 13 megahertz. So it was, it was a pretty cool little story the way it unfolded because I was trying stuff, nothing was working, and trying stuff, nothing was working. And the long story short was there is a secret bit of code in the Arduino framework at the bottom of the loop. You can't see it. No one knows it's there. Like, well, unless you know it's there. 
and I, I should have dug into the code the, the old-fashioned way, but it didn't really occur to me to do it that way. I'm, I'm used to, you know, changing registers and whatnot. So I went ahead and um, and um, figured out a way to get around that little extra bit of code. And that extra bit of code is a serial buffer reader. So every time the loop runs, at the very bottom, it's going to check to see if the serial buffer has anything going on in it. Um, not a terrible idea. It's actually a really very good idea if you're doing a super hobbyist type of, um, like like a typical Arduino Blinky project. It's no problem, and it's only when speed is an issue that you ever care about this type of thing. So, uh, but in my case, I do care about that, and right now speed matters. So it turned out it was slowing it way down, and all you have to do to get around it is put a while loop inside your your main loop. So you have the, the Arduino loop you use put a while one and then run inside that. And that way that serial event never runs. And so I wasn't sure if that would have any negative effects. Like, do I, uh, do I rely on serial event much? And it turns out I haven't had any issues. Um, I've got two or three different serial buses running on my uh, STM32 blue pill right now on, on the Reagan, Reagan's Revenge synth. And uh, haven't noticed anything. So uh, we'll see. We'll keep, uh, keep you posted. But for now, it looks like that can radically speed up an Arduino project with no, no downsides. And you should be able to do that within the Arduino uh, IDE as well. It's just a while loop, so pretty cool. All right, here's a fun one I filmed yesterday. This week's video, which hasn't been released or edited yet, is can you reflow on your kitchen stove? And I'm talking about reflow soldering. For people that do a lot of SMD work, surface mount work, you like to put the little goo on the, on the, the PCB, and uh, you t toss your parts on it, goo being solder paste. Uh, toss your little parts on it, and there's various ways of ovens and whatnot to um, to get these to solder. And it, it, it's a lot faster. I mean, ideally, you just take two minutes, bakes, and you're done. And it'll automatically snap the parts into perfect place because of some surface surface tension effect. That's the word I'm going to repeat. I don't really know exactly what's going on there either. But uh, so I tried it on the on the kitchen stove. Huge success. All I needed, first off, I used low temperature solder uh, paste, 138C uh, melting point, which is readily available on Amazon and you know, China and whatnot. Um, and then I had a little seven inch square of, of aluminum I just found in my shop. It's clean, uh, by my standards anyway, clean enough. And I just stuck my little circuit board right there on the stove and I put it on, on medium E temperature. Waited five minutes, it was basically done. I couldn't see any issues. So, uh, no different than using hot air in the in you know in the shop here or the workshop, so uh, dungeons what I usually call it. So that was pretty cool. So anyway, it's a pretty fun little thing. It's totally doable. And no one talks about using their stove. And I I would guess most people don't want to mix business with pleasure. Maybe the place where you cook your spaghetti is not the place where you should be welding. Well, I say who gives a shit? Let's just do it. Okay, so let's talk about the the big topic today, and I want to talk about why I don't use the Arduino IDE. And why I'm such a big fan, a fan of Platform I.O. And that's within VS Code. Now, VS Code is its own IDE. And Platform I.O. is kind of like this large module that fits inside it. Um, it kinda, I don't always know where VS Code ends and, and Platform I.O. begins. And so I look at the two um, as just one cohesive unit. I know you can get Platform I.O. and Atom and, and other IDEs as well. And maybe it's just as good there. Don't know. But uh, this is what I use. Um, I got this off of Andreas Spies uh, video, which I'll, I'll find out below. He, his videos are probably better than mine. <laughs> so who's counting? Uh, 
But uh, so anyway, let's talk about why I like this setup so much more than Arduino IDE. And it's not that Arduino IDE is bad. I want to make that clear. Arduino is doing a very specific thing. They are, um, well, basically it's for hobbyists. That's the gig. And what your hobby is, is, is you know, kind of up, it's kind of hard to define that. Well, what, what's a hobby? Who's a hobbyist? How do you define that? Well, it turns out that in my mind, even if you're just doing fun little blinky stuff or whatever you're doing, Arduino type stuff, in my mind, I don't want to use, I don't want to say crappy tools, but Arduino IDE is so simple. They've taken so much out of it that, and a lot of times it makes things harder. And let, let me give you this kind of a dumb metaphor. And it's like uh, cruise control in your car. Now, if you're driving on the interstate a lot, even if you're not doing anything complicated when you drive, it's nice to have a couple buttons and you say, okay, let's just automatically uh, solve this problem. We have uh, having to hold the gas down at a perfect rate, you know, at the perfect level for four hours at a time. Well, in my mind, cruise control makes life simpler. But some people say, oh, well, those buttons clutter up the dash or the like, steering wheel and, you know, like, like, they're complicated. And you do have to learn them. But once you know them, they're life's much easier with them. So I say, give me the features and let me figure it out. And in my mind, Arduino IDE, they've basically taken cruise control off so that if you first jump into microcontrollers, the Arduino uh, ecosystem, you don't have to even think about cruise control because you're not ready for cruise control anyway. There's some arguments for that, but uh, I just don't, I don't like it. I would rather just get the stuff that makes life easy. And so let's talk about that kind of stuff. So uh, first off, Platform IO is, um, um, uh, it's not free. It, well, free. Free. It's free dollar sign. It's all uh, open source. Platform IO and uh, VS Code are both uh, free bucks wise, dollars wise. But there, you, you do have to set the thing up a little bit, and it's not near as bad as setting up something like uh, uh, Texas Instruments uh, Composer, the Composer, something like that. That could be. I've spent hours on on some of those linker files and all that kind of disaster. It's not near that bad, but one mess that you do have to kind of deal with is something called the platformio.ini. It's basically basically a config file where you, you can put in libraries you want, and uh, you can kind of get into some of the compiler stuff if you want to. Um, a lot of times I kind of just avoid that file until I run into a problem where I Google it and they say, "Hey, just slap this crappy crap this slap this code in there." Uh, baud rate, for example. I just had to put that in there the other day uh, for the serial monitor. Not a big deal. And in general, that's not that bad. But um, other than that, it's uh, there's not too many downsides to setting this up with, uh, you know, to setting up a system with Platform IO. Um, one thing I'd, that, that Arduino does seem to have is a serial plotter thing. And I've seen this in other YouTube videos. I've never actually used it in Arduino. The serial plotter looks awesome. You're able to graph the value of uh, ADC or, or whatnot real time pretty cool now I, I am aware there are some serial plotters out there i've i have it on my list to try them but i haven't tried them yet so who knows what the hell uh, those do but uh so if you if you use the serial plotter all the time in arduino you definitely need to look for a third party uh, uh replacement now for what it's worth serial monitors i mean i don't know if you ever use putty i've used putty for other stuff or telnet and for logging into linux servers i had no idea i could be watching my arduino values on that so the serial monitor thing in Arduino is nothing particularly special. It's not, um, it's not like there's a, a, a secret sauce. It's a very generic script. You can download a hundred of them for free, probably, probably. I don't know. Um, I did use Putty for a long time, and it turns out Platform IO has one. I didn't even realize it, and so I started using that lately. But 
Okay, so let's talk about the pros of Platform I.O. First off, debugging. Uh, debugging is the biggest one by far. And debugging basically means you can set a little stop point. And let's just say you got a variable in some function or some loop, whatever, and uh, you want to know what happens when, I don't know, an interrupt is triggered. You want to know what the value of that variable is. Is it a 1 or is it a 0? Well, now you can use the serial monitor to do this. You can do this the prints, the print statement. And that's okay, and it works really well, but what if it's going really fast? And what do you do then? And you can, there's just a lot of times where it would be better if you use this thing called a breakpoint to stop right there. So you can look at the value of that variable and 20 other variables. And so when you do that, you can immediately see like a snapshot of the entire microcontroller. Like what's going on here? What values are here? What's a variable here? What's a variable here? And it makes finding bugs um, oftentimes 20 times faster in my mind. Now, sometimes a serial monitor is just as easy, just as good, maybe even more convenient. Uh, with debugging, you gotta push a special button and it has to load a special way and it's slower, but when it finally loads up, then you, can, you have all this power to basically pause the script whenever, wherever you want to. Being able to pause your code is huge. And so I highly recommend it if you guys haven't played with that. The debugging is, is a great feature. Now, it does require a debugger. Now, again, I'm big on the STM32 blue pills, and one reason is, is the ST-Link, the little V2, it looks just like a thumb drive, more or less. They're like three bucks. So, um, problem solved. Now, to get this on a, uh, like an AT Mega 328P, like an Arduino Uno system, you can do that too. But the Atmel Ice, I think I paid 60 bucks for mine. And it's, it's just a little damn microcontroller. And you know Atmel has, has a, gets a good deal on microcontrollers. So in my mind, it's a little insulting paying 60 bucks for a damn, um, damn programmer slash debugger when, when I, I don't know. I feel like they're, they're, just, they're just jipping me because they can. And uh, that, that doesn't sit with me like, very well. I, I don't want to support a company like that. And uh, most of the time to buy a, uh, an American-made, or I shouldn't say American-made, with a, a legitimate, like a known legitimate programmer, you're looking about $20, give or take. And that's fairly reasonable. So either way, so pro I say programmer slash debugger. They usually do both. That'll be the, the thing that programs your microcontroller and the thing that allows debugging. All right, so what's the next thing I like? Well, I like being able to see errors on the fly without compiling. And this was one of the big selling points for Platform I.O. for me too. So I make a little typo and I get a little squiggly, just like I'm typing in uh, Chrome or Microsoft Word or something. It says, hey bud, this word doesn't look familiar. This isn't a variable or a function or this hasn't been declared. It'll tell you all this stuff on the fly. It's not a million percent perfect, but it's pretty darn good. And so I, do, I catch so many errors when I type that I normally wouldn't because uh, it tells me. And again, sometimes it gets a little slow for me. It could be my computer, it could be this or that, it could be Arduino, I don't know. But uh, for, without a doubt, I, I like being able to, being told that. And of course, they also have the auto-suggest thing. So if you already have a function named um, tires, uh, why not? Uh, then, then when you start typing T-I uh, anywhere in your code, it, you'll, it'll say, hey, do you want to go ahead and put the RE and have the bracket set up so you can go ahead and call that function? I'm like, yes, I would. Well, thank you. And of course, I don't have to do it. See, some IDE, IDEs are a little aggressive with that stuff, and they'll uh, kind of force it down your throat. Like, we're going to make you do this because it looks familiar to me. And uh, I don't like that either. So the way they do that with platform IO slash BS code is very nice. 
And it, for me, I'm, I don't remember the spellings I use. I barely know the names of my functions. Um, a lot of times I don't know the names of my functions. So being able to, t or variables, uh, it's, it's just nice to type part, like first three letters and go, oh, there it is. Or I type the first three letters and I get a list of six or seven variables or functions that fit that criteria. It works with uh, macro defines as well. So again, highly recommended. Those three features right there to speed up life uh, tremendously for me. They make life better. And that way I can focus more on my job. Um, and I guess this is a time to, to go off on a slight tangent here and say that you're not going to be a better coder with a better IDE. Your, your ultimate product is probably going to be about the same. Your skill level will be the same. But just stuff like uh, you're going to spell less things wrong uh, because of the auto-suggest function, that's pretty cool. That's a, a value to me for sure. It's going to save me time. I'm not going to be, my code will be more, more efficient or you know, all my hangups are still there except for my hangup of spelling and remembering names, for example. Both of them are not my strong suit. Okay, of course, dark themes rule. That, that's subjective. Everybody has their own take on it. I love dark themes. Therefore, uh, VS Code is the way. And a feature that I love is you just click right-click and go to definition. And a lot of your uh, Eclipse-based uh, IDEs have this, and it's, it's not rare, but Arduino doesn't have it. At least they didn't have it last time I checked. Was that if you have a function, you right-click and you want to go to that function and look at it. Well, you just can't do it. You have to actually find it or highlight the name of the function, Control-C, Control-F to find it, and then paste it in. It, it's a slower, crappier way, when, especially if you have multiple libraries, multiple files. You want to see what's going on under the hood. Jumping around under the hood is, is uh, not convenient with Arduino. It's kind of made to not have those options. And so um, being able to jump right in is great. I, I highly recommend uh, that. Another small one just code, code, another small one is code folding. And it's kind of a tongue twister. And I had a switch statement that was a mile long um, the other day. I'm not sure if I should be using it, but that's another topic. I don't know how slow it is, but I mean, it was freaking long. I think it had over 100 different options in it for a MIDI thing. Um, and it was nice pushing one little arrow and it shrank. And I can't remember if Arduino has that or not, but I thought that was worth mentioning. All right, it's got a thing called an outline, which again, this is very common with fancy IDEs. Arduino doesn't have it, or at least didn't have it last time I checked, was all your functions are in a line. And in, in that line, uh, you can um, just see them. It's just a list of your functions. Now, your, your code, you know, function might be uh, whatever, a whole page long or something. Well, you just it's nice to be able to jump from function to function to function. And uh, I use that um, constantly. And on the right side, they have this thing. I'm not sure the name of the feature, but they basically took a snapshot, a picture, like a JPEG of your code and shrunk it way down. And so when you're scrolling on the screen, you can actually kind of see where your code is. And so when your code starts getting really long, uh, you can go, oh, okay, well, there's this, a spot where it obviously curves in. I mean, just, just like the geometry, you know, of the, of the code. You can tell kind of where you are, and it makes it much quicker to just to jump from places to places. So for example, uh, function declaration. Um, it's on the top all, all the, pretty much all the time for me, and um, those are always shorter, and I can always tell where my function declarations are, so it makes it easier to jump straight to those. So that's just one example, but it, it's another thought they put in to, to make it quicker and, and more efficient to get where you need to be on the screen, basically. Um, here's something, and this gets into that INI file thing, uh, the platform io.ini, which, I, again, I said it was kind of a pain in the ass, but 
um, it, it allows you to lock library versions. So if you, you download a library and it's 1.43, and then the new version comes out 1.5, um, Platform IO gives you the option to not use 1.5. If your code is already working, um, don't don't worry about it. Lock it in, stay there. That way your thing works, because sometimes you update to the new library and it dies. And I don't think Arduino gets that fancy. Again, I haven't checked in a while, but um, I love that feature and because it has saved me, because I have upgraded, updated, and then went, oh no, this thing's dead, and I got 17 errors, and all hell's breaking loose. So I just go back and say, oh, lock me into the old one. Thank you very much. So that's been pretty handy. They have quite a few features in regard to how you handle libraries in Platform IO. And it's, um, again, you don't want to think about them until you need them, but it's nice to know it's there. It's nice to know somebody's got your back. Because, again, if you update that library in Arduino, you can always, I guess, uninstall it and manually go back and ignore the update uh, nagging screens, things like that. But um, I... Uh, and I guess that would work, but I mean, there's usually a workaround for most of this stuff. It's just usually slower, so you know you, you got to kind of have to balance those two. Um, and of course, in that platformio.ini file, they can get really crazy with their compiler options. Now, compilers, well, more or less, there's this this flag, I guess you could say, that allows you to set from fast to size to to uh, smallest. As fast, you know, the fastest size. Sorry, I told you I'm dragging. I'm doing my damn best here, people. It's Monday morning and it's cold. I have a heater straddling my my legs right now. Like the heat is shooting shoot me right in the face. And like, why am I doing this? Because I'm trying not to be shiver while I'm on the thing. And I mean, we have a we have a regular house. I mean, this house was built in '71. You know, it's right before insulation was invented. But when it's warm outside, it's just the heater can barely keep up. So that probably explains why there's so much noise in this video or this this particular uh, podcast as well. Apologize for all that crap. We're doing our best here. It's a freaking blizzard. So uh, where are we? Okay, so yeah, the platform.io.ini, it allows for some mega tweaking. Um, you can adjust your code to be the fastest, or you can adjust it to be uh, the most lean, like for a small size. That's actually a problem, or actually... A, Without this ability to tweak, I'd be in trouble because with my synth, whenever I'm using debugging, the debugging uses more code, larger file size, than when I just hit go. And it's because of the way the, 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 the compilers optimize this and that. It needs more code for debugging. And the problem is I've ran out. I'm using too much. Well, it, was, it turned out it was just a compiler problem. The compiler is just a smart way to take whatever it is your intent was and convert that into ones and zeros. And um, we, you can always say, hey, use less code. Maybe not always, but you can always say use less code or you can say make this code faster. And you know, there's, there's trade-offs in both. Long story short, you have the ability to tweak and it's nice to have. It's a pain, but it's also a nice, nice uh, solution. And here's a cool thing too about Platform IO. It, it contains hundreds of microcontrollers. Now, um, and what I mean by that is if, if I want to program an Atmel, even in, in bare metal C or in um, Arduino land, I can. Um, if I want to program, uh, I don't want to, I know my ESP32s can be programmed in there. Normally you got to use an IDE for all of these, these various different ones. Now Arduino has been pretty cool because it, it does allow you to use Arduino framework in their code. But when you start getting into other kinds of programming, like, like I said, embedded C stuff, then you pretty much need this specific IDE for each platform, and that's kind of a pain. 
I haven't really used this much. And again, but since I'm trying to stay on Arduino um, IDE, or I'm sorry, the Arduino framework for all my coding, and that's another rant. We'll talk about why I think it's better um, for me at least. Um, since I'm trying to stay in the Arduino framework, um, Platform IO has been really good to me. And I guess this wouldn't be as much of a problem because Arduino themselves, the inherent, the framework, has kind of solved this problem so that we can use ESP32s and, and STM32s and uh, Arduino Mini Pros and all this stuff. We can switch easily. So I guess we can't blame uh, or give too much credit for Platform IO in that regard. All right, fellas, ladies, I'm about to piss my pants. And I'm freezing my ass off. This is a rough one, and uh, I apologize. This is kind of boring. It turned out it's not. It seemed like I was just making a damn list. I'm usually so much fun. I, I swear I, I'm so fun, <laughs> or not. But uh, so that's it. This is the Electron Injection Podcast. Of course, uh, you can subscribe almost anywhere: Google, iTunes, all that stuff. Of course, check out my, the the YouTube channel. Trying to make a living. If you see a video that looks interesting, of course, I don't have to tell you. I guess if you thought it was interesting, you'd automatically click on it. We don't like your damn videos. That's why we don't watch it. Good point. So, um, yeah, well, I'm on YouTube. Uh, you, you can check me out at electroninjection.com, and I'm, I'm on all the things, the Instagrams, and I've been doing Twitter now. I've been liking Twitter. I didn't think I would. 2021, I discovered Twitter. How about that? All right, people, over and out.